G'day and welcome to the NRL Supercoach Chat podcast for round two. Well, round one is over and it looks like it'll be the last round where there are crowds for a while, uh, with the rounds in the indefinite future to be played behind closed doors, which will be very interesting to watch as the round kicks off tonight. Should be really, really interesting and probably a little bit unsettling. It's a whole new world that we're living in, but the NRL is still on. And that, that means that NRL Supercoach must continue, and it's actually a great distraction from everything else that's going on in the world. So let's get into the chat. I'm seeing a lot of people panic trading out there, more than the panic buying of toilet paper and pasta sauce at this point. And look, we should all be reminded to calm down just a little bit. It's been one round, and I assume you've done a bit of research in the off-season and decided on players for a reason, so give them a chance to do what you expected them to do. There are lots of people out there trading players like Tedesco, Moses, Tommy Turbo, uh, which I guess benefits the calm and experienced players a bit more if they all jump off, but it's been one round, people. Teddy and Turbo will likely be in the top 10 point scorers at the end of the season, and you'll plan to keep them up until Origin at the very least, so don't be scared if their price is going to drop unless you're happy to burn another trade later to bring them back in. I'd also persist with the likes of Moses, Ferguson, Sevo for the moment, as the Eels' run to the start of the season continues to be very light including playing the Titans this week. And as soon as you trade these guys, you can almost guarantee that they'll go 80 to 100 plus. I get it though. It's very frustrating when you're sure something will happen and pay off for you, like the VC on Moses against the Dogs on Thursday to start the round. But keep a cool head, use your logic, and it will pay off in the long run. Trades are like gold in this competition, and there's a long season ahead if it doesn't get condensed or cancelled in the next month, of course. So let's look at some of the popular underperformers from round one. Ryan Pappenhausen got 49, but I would hold him as he's definitely a gun fullback and he will be as the season progresses. Just give him a bit of time. So don't make any rush choices there. Cameron Murray got 43. Uh, Jared Croker, 24. The Raiders run is also pretty nice coming up though. So I'd keep Croker if you had him for now. He's generally one of the top center wings as the season goes on and he still has the goal kicking. So wait and see for a week or two, I reckon. Um, Kikau got 48, including a try, thankfully. Uh, he started on the bench and got an injury, which had him off the field for a bit. Uh, I have him and I intend on keeping him. Last year, his base stats weren't that impressive and he relied on tries a lot of the time, but I see him getting even more ball this year and hopefully crossing the stripe and busting tackles more frequently. So I'm going to keep him and ride the Kikau roller coaster. Now, full disclosure, I am a huge Panthers fan, so that definitely comes into play. Uh, Tedesco got 39. Damian Cook, 47. Again, he's a gun and a hold. I have a good feeling about him at Suncorp tomorrow night. He could be a good sneaky VC, I reckon. Uh, Ferguson got 37, as I mentioned. Uh, Cohen Hess, 38. Wait and see uh, and be ready to jump off if he continues with his work rate. Latrell Mitchell got 17. Now, Bennett uh, seems to be easing him back into the position and uh, gave him a rest with Alex Johnston coming into his spot. He's transitioning into the role and that'll take some time. If this seems to be the plan, it might be worth trading him until he drops cash and then bring him back in when he's settled into his spot. Munster got 42, but I'd stick with him. Uh, Victor Radley got 25. Joey Leilua. Um, now, Nofaluma seem to benefit a lot of their play down that side, but it's only a matter of time until Leilua also gets his share. Keep him, I reckon, and ride it out. Uh, those that have owned BJ before know you have to take the good with the bad, but he has the potential to go large over a few rounds, so... Give him a week or two and reassess. Now, on the flip side, there are some overperformers and guys who did what a lot of super coaches expected them to do, and the owners are now walking around the office like they're Nostradamus. Uh, Payne Haas got 74, no surprises there. Jerome Luai got 57. He did pretty well and is certainly someone you could have as your starting 5'8 
depending on opposition. David Fafida, 75, an absolute beast. And thankfully, I brought him in just before kickoff last week. Uh, he's big, strong, fast. Looks like he'll score a few tries this year too. So try and get him if you don't already. Tamalolo got 70, which is to be expected. Coruscant, 97. Brilliant outing on the weekend. He played 80 minutes. Looked like he'll be involved in a lot of their attacking plays. He's quick out of dummy half. He busts tackles, breaks the line. I'm very happy with him and looking to hopefully keep him as my starting hooker for the season. Again, speaking from a Panthers fan, so slightly skewed. Um, Kalen Ponga got 81. Nathan Cleary, 73. Ryan Madison, 63. 62. Jack Whiten, a huge score of 91. And the Raiders fixtures don't look like getting any harder soon, so... Owners would definitely be cheering, and he's worth a look at in the coming weeks. Um, Jake Turbo went from potentially not playing to scoring 61 and looking very good. So well done to those who decided to start with him. Drinkwater got 71. Valentine Holmes, 69. Cameron Smith, 70. Marty Tapao, 65. Sean Johnson got 95. Now, I looked at him for a long while, as a lot of people did, and I had him in my team right up until about a week before the competition. If he continues in this form, I'll look to bring him in for maybe George Williams, who looks like he could make some decent coin in the next month or so after a score of 58. Benji Marshall got 93. Do you dare give the old bull another chance? Hmm. At 1.8% ownership, it is tempting, but it's also very risky. Jermaine Asako, 83. He came into the team for Jack Bird late in the piece and did very well. Kicked four goals and scored a try, which puts his other stats at around 50 points or so, which is pretty decent. Keep an eye on him, and if he continues this form, he might be worth bringing into your center wing position. Uh, Eliesa Katoa played 51 minutes for 51 points at the Warriors, and he's a definite cheapy option if you can get him in before round three. Now let's look to round two. Uh, some injuries you'll need to be aware of so you don't have these players in your teams are Tavita Pangai. Uh, Matt Moylan is now set to miss another month after suffering a setback in his bid to return from a calf injury, which could be good for William Kennedy owners, but Josh Dugan could return from his knee injury and has been included on an extended bench for their clash with the Storm on Sunday, so keep an eye on that. Zane Tedavano hurt his knee in the Panthers' win against the Roosters. I'll just repeat that, their win against the Roosters. But he's been named to face the Dragons tomorrow night. Kurt Capewell's first appearance has been delayed after he suffered a recurrence of a quad strain. Kikau went off injured but seems to be all fine and will start for the Panthers tomorrow night. Michaeli Ravalawa injured his quad against the Tigers and will miss their game against the Panthers. Satili Tupanua from the Roosters injured his knee and is out indefinitely. Angus Crichton had pneumonia last week but he's been named this week. Boyd Cordner will be given another week as he's managed by the club. Patrick Herbert and Peter Hicku won't play after returning home to New Zealand for family reasons following the coronavirus pandemic. Now, speaking of the Warriors and the COVID-19 pandemic, there have been a lot of questions about Supercoach if the season is condensed or the Warriors aren't in the competition. So I'll just read through some information that's been sent out by the Supercoach organisers about that. If the NRL was temporarily suspended or had reduced rounds, the Supercoach platform has the flexibility to amend fixtures, trade numbers, trade periods, data feeds, etc., at this stage, with a shortened season a likelihood, we ask that our users understand that not every week will be smooth as they wait for decisions for the NRL. However, they can confirm that the game is ready to adapt to whatever changes are required. There will also be a decision made from Supercoach as to whether or not there needs to be an increase of trades for the season to accommodate many players missing matches due to illness. Another question that's out there is that what happens if the Warriors or another team withdraws from the NRL season? 
Should this occur and therefore an odd number of teams resulting in a buy each week, the decision will be made to increase the number of trades allowed to accommodate for impacted Supercoach teams. There's also some work being done to identify the number of Warriors players that feature across our Supercoach teams to dictate how many extra trades would be required. Within the game, the draw would be updated and Warriors matches and players would would be removed for the season. So there you go. That might give a little bit more clarity about what would happen in those cases. Now, don't forget, after lockout tonight, you will not be able to make unlimited trades or reverse your trades. You have two trades each round except for the super round. And once the round has started, you can't reverse any trades you've made already. Keep in mind, though, that you don't have to make your trades before the first lockout tonight, unless the players you intend to trade in or out are in that first game. You can make trades, substitutions, change your captain or vice-captain right up until the players involved in these moves have played. I would always suggest waiting until an hour before a player's match to check the final team list before trading them in. If I see an updated team list on Twitter before the weekend's games, I'll be sure to share it. So make sure you're following at NRLSCChat to get the latest updates over the round. Uh, A few things that I'm going to do with my team this week. I'm probably not going to make any trades at this point. I'm keeping a very close eye on Isaiah Yo, who did very, very well. And as a second rower, to be able to put him in your center wing is really, really useful. So I'm keeping an eye on Isaiah Yo, but I'm not sure exactly whether I'm going to bring him in just yet. Um, I've got guys that underperformed, but I'm not too worried, like Moses and Ferguson and Leilua. I'm sure that they'll come good in the, few, in the next few weeks. There are some cheapies that underperform, but remember, if they're starting at bottom dollar or close to it, they're still going to be making money um, because bottom dollar, as I said, is about an average of 18 or 20, so not too hard to to average over the, that over that as a forward. Um, and yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on team lists and keep an eye over the weekend, but I think I'm going to sit with my team for a week save the trades and maybe next week bring in hopefully a, a cheapie that, that's uh, doing well that I can downgrade to or that I can bring in for a cheapie that's not doing so well or doesn't look like they're going to get the spot that I thought. And uh, and then I can hopefully bring in maybe Isaiah Yo or someone else that's doing pretty well over the first couple of weeks before those price rises and decreases in round three or after round three. All right, thanks for listening again, guys. Good luck for round two. Uh, Tweet me any questions you might have over the weekend and also keep up with the updated, updated team lists by following at NRLSC Chat on Twitter. See you next time.